it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by. Hey guys! Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin over here in LA, which is very important to the episode today. Wow. And then we've got Mike over in London. You know, a two-time visitor to LA. That's all yeah. I can that's all I could say. You've you've seen some of the uh the landmarks here. I've seen some shit, yeah. Yeah. Someone called them iconic. And uh today, talking about the top five movies that are iconic to LA. Yeah, and there's there's a lot. There's a lot. It honestly was like almost impossible to just pick ones because it's almost like what movies do I want to talk about? Yep, I had the same reaction. I'm still torn because I'm like, I, I really did try to pick the movies I think that were maybe the most, like that make me think the most of LA. So like that's, see, that's where I landed, yeah. That's where you landed. Because my my short list of like great LA films was like thirty films, and I was like, "What am I gonna do here?" So I went with the ones that some combination of I wanted to talk about, and when I hear them, I'm like, "Oh, LA." Yes, I'd say same. I'd say same. There's like a couple. I mean, I'm sure we both have this. There's a few that like I'm I'm hurting to leave off because it's like they they so obviously make me think of LA, but like. There's 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 a couple I left off just because we've talked about them so same. much on the pod. Yeah, same. I think we'll have a nice long honorable section, I imagine. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm a little bit I'm I'm hurting a little bit because there's one movie I just had to include even though we've talked about it to death on the pod, but it's like it's the it, I mean, we'll get there. But it's up there for me and it's just I just think LA maybe more than any other movie. So it's like how could I not have that one? But I'm just gonna kick us off, Mike. Wait a second. What? Shouldn't we talk about why we're doing this episode? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> You've been waiting to do this too. I, so I have, I have. What what brought us on to doing this episode is because a certain movie just got released. Well, I should say it just got released here in the states as this episode's being released, but. When we're recording this episode, it's not yet out here. But lucky for Mike, it is out in London. And that is Ambulance with the L-A capitalized. Starring a pod favorite, Jake Gyllenhaal. Tell us, Mike, how was it? Well, they weren't lying about the L-A. Let me say that. Okay. I was saying, okay. I, 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 when I've been looking at the marketing for the last couple of months, I've been like, this is not great like it's a little gimmicky i don't really understand why they've done that but they weren't lying and i have man town i have to tell you this film is fucking awesome oh (laughs) don't listen to anything anyone else tells you about this film when i went to go like rate it on letterboxd i saw that it was only like a three stars fuck that this film is awesome oh my 
god. There's there's so much that I want to talk about, but I I absolutely will not spoil for anybody because all I really knew going in was that it was a heist film. Oh my god! Oh my god! And you know, obviously, I assumed it had something to do with ambulances, right? That is all of that is true, and it's just this is peak Bayham. Oh, you're my gonna god. love it. Doctor Action is gonna love it. It is absolute insanity. Talk about a film that I could watch 10 hours of. I never wanted this film to end. There was just so much ridiculousness happening on top of each other. And there is, you know, there's some quieter moments, you know, where Michael Bay is just not the director. He just doesn't have the finesse to really bring those home. You know what I mean? But the other 120 minutes is just, it's just what Michael Bay does. I am so stoked right now you have no idea you have no idea i'm telling you town you're gonna fucking love it it's incredible oh my god i'm so excited i'm so excited let's go all right very excited what a way to start this episode i think it's time to get into our top five let's now. all right let's go so you start us off all right i'm gonna start us off i'm starting us off with a movie that maybe might not seem like an obvious pick but when I think of movies set in L.A. that I love, this is always one of the first ones that comes to mind because it came out not too long before I ended up moving to L.A. And I immediately upon getting to L.A. went to some of the spots where they go in the film. And that film is 2009's I Love You, Man. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about it, but yeah. Yeah. Now that you yeah. said it. This is a movie that I love. I absolutely love. I think it is one of the best films from the, we'll call it the Apatow era, where, and I don't even know if he is in any way related to this film. I know he didn't like write or direct or anything, but again, it's got all the same type of people in it we got paul rudd we got jason siegel from sort of these type of comedies and i think it's one of the best of them i think it's this incredible movie both both charming funny um you know sweet and the long and the short of it is paul rudd is looking for a best man for his upcoming wedding he's getting married to rashida jones character but he doesn't really have any friends. And so it's about pretty much a guy trying to find friends and trying to find a best man. And he ends up meeting Jason Siegel and it's in a very interesting way. And things, things go off from there. There's a great little, you know, subplot sort of about how much he loves rush and slap at a base. And uh, <laughs> it's just so great, but it takes place in LA. They like, walk around Venice. They go to, um, what is it? James beach, which is like a spot in Venice. And like, is Venice where Jason Siegel gets in the fight with Lou Ferrigno? It is right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. And so it's like, yeah, a lot of it takes place in Venice. Then you've got stuff like when they're at like some of these open houses, it's like, these are, these are more in like the, I believe like the Hills and stuff like that. But it's like, it just takes place all over LA. And as a guy that now lives here and has lived here for the past decade, it's very much like gives different parts of LA its screen time. And it just really makes me think of 
the town and it, it just, yeah, I, I really love this movie and I think not everyone's first choice about what they think relating to LA, but for comedy world, especially the modern comedy world, there's no movie that really makes me think of it as quickly as this one does. This is so interesting because I feel like we've never talked about this film really. No, that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's truly one of my, like, again, I'm not going to get too ridiculous with all these, you know, I could say top this or that or that, but Mike and I both have seen a million movies. I Love You Man is, it's up there for my favorite comedies. Yeah, like It feels like we've talked about all the films around it, like four but not it. times, but never it. And this might be the film I've seen the most of all those films. Very underrated. Very underrated of the canon of mm-hmm. Apatow and Siegel and Rudd and those types of guys' films. Yeah, I mean, slapping a base. But also just Paul Rudd, when he keeps coming up with the nicknames, where he's like, uh, <laughs> J- J- Jobin. Jobin. City Slicker. <laughs> just, I always think about that. I still call people Jobin when yeah. I, you know, or... Uh, I will see you then or I will see you in another time. <laughs> so oh, there's so, so many good ones. So oh. Yeah, Siegel's character is great in this too. I love that he gets to play this So character. good. We get, a, we get a Lost reference or two, which I love. I mean, dude, the man cave, the end scene at the wedding where, by the way, I watch Chocolat. Just delightful. <laughs> <laughs> And oh man, Rashida Jones is such a treasure too. A treasure, and 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 also we get our boy John Favreau in here, and Andy Samberg. We do, we do. J.K. Simmons as well, dude. The cast is great. I'm glad you're calling it out. And you know, again, I I've been to L.A. twice in my life, so I, I actually it's going to be interesting to talk about some of these films because I'm going to potentially need some help on the locations. But there we go. Immediately. When you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, in Venice where he fights Lou Ferrigno. Like, Amazing. I, I hadn't thought about it, but boom, L.A. film. There we go. Well, I'm going to keep the train rolling. Please. To Venice, really. Ooh. And when you hear the, the name of my number five film, know that I honestly considered putting Ambulance at number five. Knocking off, <laughs> knocking off this heavyweight of a film, which is 1998's. The Big Lebowski. Yes. Oh, this makes me a happy man because it just missed my list. I mean, a real sort of iconic L.A. film. You know, it starts with that voiceover where it says they call Los Angeles the city of angels. You know, there's this whole dynamic where, I mean, the, the plot of the movie is that, like, you know, the the Lebowskis get switched around, right? And then it mm-hmm. leads... It leads the dude, uh, Jeff Bridges, into this whole this whole situation. But there's just this dichotomy, right, where he lives in Venice, not in a bad place, a place that's probably you know worth a lot more today than when it was in '98 for for sure. But you know, there's this other rich dude that lives in like Beverly Hills in the mansions, and they go and there's like that. Uh, yeah, they show like both of those places quite a bit. Then you get uh, you get some Point Dune, a place that I've been. You've taken me there. Yes, indeed. You get the uh, the ashes, the iconic ashes scene, which is uh, in San Pedro. You get this whole like cast of very LA ish characters. So there's like this downtown sort of art scene with Julianne Moore, which is just mm-hmm. incredible. Um, I mean, Tara Reid is is just like 
I, I feel like someone that doesn't exist in too many other locations and exactly that, right? Uh, exactly that person, let's say. Of course, you. this is not the first time we're going to talk about a porn director today, but Jackie Treehorn and Jackie Treehorn's pad. There's also two diners that are supposed to be famous. I don't know if any of that means anything, but I was reading about it today. What are they called? Johnny's and Dinah's. So yeah, so you get a lot of characters, you get a lot of like architectural history, a lot of different neighborhoods, um, in addition to just being like a fucking great film uh, that I'm glad has become incredibly memeable. Amazing. I mean, you said it best all across the board there. Not only is it one of just like the all-time cult, cult classics in film, but for LA movies, there's just so much that of it that has to do with LA. It's it's absolutely fantastic. What a great choice, Mike. Hollywood star choice. lanes is the bowling alley as well. In case you are seeking the bowling alley. Wow. Okay. Number four. Taking us to a place that outside of a pod episode dedicated to it, we haven't really talked about too much. Not this one, at least. Hmm. Okay. This is the original... 2001's The Fast and the Furious. Oh, right. Okay. Talk about movies that just make me think L.A., especially as a guy that lives here. If you live here and you've seen The Fast and the Furious, you recognize some of the neighborhoods. You know, there's some there's some local favorites. I mean, right off the bat, we've got Neptune's Net in here. Famous, oh, famous, yeah. Yeah. you know seafood spot in Malibu quite far up in Malibu it's like you know there's some stuff in Echo Park there's some stuff downtown I mean literally the movie pretty much starts off in the empty parking lot at Dodger Stadium it's just LA bleeding through and obviously from here on out a massive franchise was born and it's like whenever they're back in L.A., it's like they're home with their family. And L.A. just feels like the backbone of this entire franchise. So it's it just it had to be on my list. It absolutely had to be. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, man, this is killing me. What's number is number four? Fast and Furious. Yes. I feel like Fast and Furious also a very L.A. film. hundred percent. That's the other most L.A. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like another place, by the way, another real place in the movie, Cha Cha Cha, which is a, a restaurant in L.A., sort of oh, in like right. the Silver Lake-ish area. And and also, it, like, you know, when they go to like uh, sort of like Chinatown, like Racer's Edge, you know, the auto parts store, that is very close to where I live right now in Hollywood. There's so much. Okay. I also just while we're here, have to just shout out 1987's No Man's Land, which is basically the same movie as Fast and the Furious, before Point Blank, which is also Fast and the Furious. <laughs> that all take place in LA. Yes, but No Man's Land is with Charlie Sheen. Amazing. So wow, anyway. Okay. My number four is yeah, I don't know. Something about this movie, it was a different feel from anything else on my list. But I think about L.A. when I think about the movie. We've talked about it. Honorables, 
I want to say like twice and twice pretty recently. So I'm very happy that we're actually finally going to be able to dig into it. 2014's Nightcrawler. Dude, one of my very first honorables. So glad you have it on the list because one of the ones that was killing me to leave off. Jake Gyllenhaal, king of LA films. Uh, We've already talked about him twice, but uh, okay. One, they spend the entire movie, him and Riz Ahmed, driving around LA. Uh, so you get to see a lot of different shit, which is cool. Facts. Though they don't call out a lot of sort of specific stuff. It's it's more just kind of driving by and seeing it. Then there's like how LA is depicted. And I think this is a... So this is the director, directorial debut of Dan Gilroy. And I think this is one of his quotes about what they tried to do is paint LA as a landscape of primal struggle and survival, which I love. I love pretty that. accurate. It's pretty accurate, and it's all kind of at night. And I love that feel that they give to it. But like I said, nothing else on my list is going to give you that feel. And the other thing is that it's all about, you know, it's birthed um, from a tabloid story, effectively mm-hmm. changed slightly to to be related to news. But it's really just all about kind of consumerism and the demand for sort of news and entertainment. So it's it's a lot about kind of a darker side of the industry. That on some level we're all responsible for, and and I think it's good to not ignore. And this film throws it in your face. Great fucking movie. I just I love this film and the and the whole atmosphere it evokes. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You you feel like you're seeing LA through this man's lens at night, typically. Yeah. And yeah, I can I can uh, confirm. There's a very LA feel to it. Shit goes down. Shit goes down again. We just did our favorite movies of the 2010s episode. This was very close to my list. It's it's a big honorable. Great, great, great film. Great film, and so glad we got to talk about it. I'm gonna take us to number three. Another film that I don't believe we've ever gotten to talk about as an actual pick. Okay. And there's not many movies in the world that make me think of LA more in the last decade. And that is 2016's La La Land. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this movie. Have you seen it, Mike? You know, I have. And it's, I'm, I'm like in the process of rewatching it now. Like I recorded it on my TV and I've been Ooh. watching like 20 minutes a night before I go to sleep. Oh, I love that. Okay, um, amazing. It, it's not like a full connection with me, mm-hmm. but I mean, I adore both leads and and that's why I'll watch it anytime, really. Amazing, amazing. Well, so obviously this famously had the Oscars have hiccup where Ooh. thought it won, then Moonlight ended up winning. You know, happy for Moonlight. I will say for my money, La La Land's the movie I prefer. But I know a lot of people would disagree with that and would enjoy Moonlight more. So anywho, I think La La Land was probably the best movie of 2016. Written and directed by Damien Chazelle, starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and a great cast of characters otherwise, including J.K. Simmons. But this movie, of every movie, honestly, on my list... There's two movies that I have higher that that maybe I associate a little more and I have more love for. But I don't think there's many movies in the world that are more L.A. than this movie. I mean, 
It's in the title. They go and do everything within the L.A. scope. It's Mm -hmm. like they're in Griffith Park, like, and, you know, they're looking over, you know, all of L.A. You know, there's there's film careers and jazz, you know, jazz careers and going to these different clubs and trying to work your way up the Hollywood ladder. And it's just everything is so fucking on point L.A., when I watch this movie, I like have this super romanticized vision of LA. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of true. Like it, it's kind of really they do a really good job at at portraying the the city. And if you want to be fully engrossed in the town, but you've never visited, and give you a little taste, this is the movie I'm recommending. Can't disagree. I absolutely cannot disagree. Um, I don't have a romantic LA movie on my list, like romantic vision of LA on my list, actually. That's okay. So I'm glad you do. And, and I will just, I have to, I have to finish by saying, I mean, the damn movie starts with them fucking dancing through the 405. If you live in LA, it doesn't get more LA than that. Ryan Gosling, freeways. Kind of a dick there in that opening scene. He's, and... he's aggressively yeah you know it happens it happens i can't can't confirm can't confirm <laughs> okay yeah love that pick i'm glad it, it made the list i it's, it's an interesting segue to my number three um which i've actually talked about on the patreon but okay uh, i'm bringing it here it is a extremely underrated horror film from 2014 called starry eyes Ooh. Directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer, who did the new Pet Cemetery remake, um, and starring Alex Esso, who I think is, I mean, even just finally getting her due with Midnight Mass and uh, Doctor Sleep and stuff like that. And this is my Me Too pick. I felt like there had to be one. Uh, it's an important part of LA to me. It's something that I always think about, unfortunately, um, with the way the industry is and has been over, let's say, the last five years. Mm-hmm. And this movie is, you know, that same sort of like Emma Stone and La La Land, that same sort of starlit trying to make it type of vibe. And she basically gets presented with this sort of Me Too prospect. And I'm not going to say how she reacts to that because there's a lot of great stuff. Um, that happens that that changes the way you're going to feel about the film. Um, but again, it is a horror film, so it's it's headed in in that direction. And I I think this film for me is like, you know, it's it's the, a quintessential LA story. Um, like a lot of you know independent films, it's shot in LA, um, just because that's what makes sense. And I think this also, you know, we were speaking recently on the pod about Get Out and how that was kind of a film that sort of needed to be hap- needed to happen a film that was out there capturing an issue that was you know part of the zeitgeist part of our our societal discussion um and and elevating it into a great film and i feel like this is that um for a similar issue to me so really underrated absolutely have a check this out wow very okay i'm writing it down right now all right well Number two. Somehow, I think we've only talked about this movie once or twice at most on the pod. And it's an actual crime because it is one of my favorite films of all time. Okay. 
and we do not talk about it enough. That is the one, the only. Point break. Actually, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert, it was heavily considered for the list, but I decided to go with Fast and Furious instead. Okay, nice. But 1996's Swingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is quintessential. If there is a movie that really captures something, I mean, L.A. isn't exactly like this anymore, but it's still, there's still this this feeling within this movie, just everything this movie means and, and what it meant to me, honestly, at, at the right time when I was thinking about coming out here, it, it's just unbelievable. And it's, you know, it's low budget. It was written by, of course, at this point, it's, it's famous, but John Favreau starring him as the title character with Vince Vaughn as, you know, the, the next, the next in line. We've also got Ron Livingston and Heather Graham in here, directed by Doug Lyman, and shot for again very low budget. It's about coming out, you know, coming out to LA to do try to try to make it out here. And Favreau's a guy that's trying to get over, you know, this relationship and you know trying to meet people out here. And of course, it, it's quite famous for the fact that they do go to Vegas at one point in the movie. But that's that makes it all the more L.A. I was about to say, yeah, 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 because they do it exactly how you do it from L.A. as like a quick one or two night trip. And they're so like tired by the time they get there the first night. Yes, it's like literally it teaches it's like the classic drive to Vegas, which is like, you know, about five hours. And you're so pumped to the Vegas, baby, Vegas, which, of course, was pr- pretty much coined in this movie. It was. Yeah. And yeah. uh you know, you're all excited, and then about three hours into the drive, Vegas, baby, Vegas. Like, <laughs> but um, it's just unbelievable. Uh, it's really a, a landmark film, and and especially for the Los Angeles scene. And Favreau and Vaughn are just both on top of their game. Again, you're so money. Money became a thing because of this, and just so many other great lines as well throughout. But there's many truths throughout this movie. The spots they film at, the places they go to, obviously the the one the greatest place in the whole film, the Dresden, which is in Los Feliz, um, still stands today. Sadly, very recently, Marty of Marty and Elaine passed away. May he rest in peace. But so if you don't know, Marty and Elaine are in the film. They're the two people that always play music at the Dresden. And absolute living legends. They did it until I believe Marty was, I want to say in his 80s when he passed recently. But um, they're one of a kind. And it was, it, was a, it was a piece of Hollywood that's mostly lost in L.A. at this point. But they were still around. And the fact that they gained some notoriety from this film back in 96, it was one of the very first places I went to, as well as a lot of my friends, my brother, when we all moved out here. And it wasn't just us. You know, I have one of my cousins who's a lot older, Wendy. Big shout out to Wendy. We always go with her. You know, this spans generations, Dresden, and it's in this movie. Um, they also go out for swing night at the Derby, which sadly closed quite a while back. But another famous LA spot 
they go to uh, the par three golf course in Los Feliz. Man, they go to so many spots in this movie, but it's just, it screams LA, screams LA. And I cannot recommend it more if somehow, some way you have not seen this film. Yeah, I mean, to swing it, to just some moments that we haven't talked about. I, I love what we get from Heather Graham. I love the snippet of her character that we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love when they get in the fight with the dudes and then they just become best friends with them like 30 minutes later in the film. They, like every single meal, they order or eat out even when they have no money, which I just think is hilarious. Yep, amazing. And somewhat personal to me, I love that when they go to the party, all four of them drive separate cars. One of the greatest freaking scenes. And as we know, the amount of driving in LA when I went it 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 could, took me off guard, and I walked all the way to Santa Monica because I was like, "Isn't this what we do?" No, it's not what you guys do. Oh my god, it's not what you do. And oh god, it's just so LA. Like even the title of the film, partially, I believe, was inspired by Swingers Diner on Beverly Boulevard, which is right near me. I've been to plenty of times, a staple in LA, and there's a couple of them at this point. But. uh yeah, 101 coffee shop they film at, which sadly is now shut down. It's it's everything about LA. And it's it's a it's an honest portrayal of what it's like to come out and sort of live live the LA life as a guy or a gal, you know, in your twenties or later twenties, early thirties, and try to do the whole thing out here. So it's a must it's a must for iconic LA films. Okay. Well, Transitioning to my number two, another iconic and very influential L.A. film. Wow. 1995's Heat. Ooh. You're so money, baby, and you don't even know it. <laughs> I feel like we haven't even talked about Heat on the pod somehow. We've never talked about Heat. Another L.A. heist film, and it is basically impossible. I mean, even just to see heist films and not think about this movie – uh, the the shootout in downtown LA is like, I mean, it's it's basically copied in. Uh, I just lost the Inception. Like when you see that Inception, you're like, oh, this is heat. Yeah, I've seen this and it's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. LA is a, a a town with like just a fucking insane number of bank robberies in history. It's just a huge part of what has gone on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they have this amazing scene in the diner, of course. Um, with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino that everybody knows. I mean, they have the armored car robbery on Venice Boulevard, I think it is. Somewhere west of downtown, I guess. Anyway, they, you know, they go to, like, later in the film, they go to Danny Trejo's house in East LA. He has this, like, sick house over there. They go to, I think it's the Hilton by LAX. Then the the culmination of the entire film is this amazing uh, showdown at LAX which you definitely can't do anymore. Like, uh, there's no way you're allowed to film there. Um, and besides that, the film is just, I mean, it's fucking amazing. It's a fucking great film. So many people in here. It's an insane cast that just, like, looks better and better. And, yeah, I mean, every – there's so many heist films. There's so many L.A. heist films. And all of them, since the, the mid-'90s, have evoked heat in some way. What a pick. It's so L.A. centric. All shot on location. Yep. Yep. Amazing pick. Yeah, we've never talked about Heat. The truth is, 
I'm due for a Heat rewatch. I love the film. I can't remember enough about it because it's been so many years since I've seen it. So it's like I need a rewatch so I can be more brushed up on chatting about it because we need to talk more about it. 170 minutes. Very breezy 170 <laughs> minutes. <though>. It <laughs> flies by. This film has got such fucking energy. It's amazing. Hey, you know, you know that I'm a long movie guy, so bring it on. And brings us to number one. It was such a hard choice for me. I'm going to be honest. Because there's a few movies, all very LA-centric, that all felt like they could have deserved the title here. But I had to go in my heart. And there's truly one movie that since I first saw it when I was relatively young, not too young because it's, it's a hard R, it's just made me think of the town every single time. And I associate it with such. And that is 1994's Pulp Fiction. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, sure. I couldn't not. And you know what? I'm even going to throw in a little cheat code. I'm tagging on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I said so. And Jackie Brown. Why not? We'll make it a trifecta. All the Tarantino, big LA ones. But yeah, I mean... When Tarantino does L.A., he does L.A., and he does it right. Pulp Fiction was my first introduction to that world. Obviously, we didn't have a chance for Once Upon a Time to be because that came so recently. But yeah, man, Pulp Fiction for me, it's just like all the locations are in L.A. You know, there's a field of the movie and all these different places that they visit over the course of it that once you live here, it's like, I mean, outside of like, Jack Rabbit Slims, which I wish existed, it all feels like places you could find yourself in or around or passing by. And while it may not be so, so in your face, LA, in the sense of all these like famous landmarks, again, it's just the feel of all these sort of simple places that they go. Oh, yeah, it could be in, you know, North Hollywood now. It could be in you know, Hollywood, I could be in fucking Santa Monica right now. I don't know. But so many scenes, man, obviously, a lot of houses here. They're all over the city. You've got, you know, Marcellus Wallace a couple times when he picks up the phone, he's up in the Hollywood Hills. You, of course, have the famous, famous diner, the uh, Hawthorne Grill. There's just, it's all over. It's it just it's taken place through LA streets through and through for the whole damn movie. And I just, if I think LA in a movie, give me Pulp Fiction, baby. There's, there's no denying it. There's like we were saying at the beginning, the, some combination of LA and films I wanted to talk about any of those Tarantinos or all of those Tarantinos could have been on my list. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I can't, I can't fault you. I just, I couldn't resist. I, it would feel disingenuous for me not to have it. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, uh, I still think There Will Be Blood's my favorite film of all time, still. Mm-hmm. But there are times when I watch this film that I'm like, like in the first half, especially, where I'm like, oh, this is my favorite film of all time. Whoa. And that's another Paul Thomas Anderson film. Now, we could be talking about a lot of films. Another LA filmmaker in the same vein as Tarantino. Even more so in terms of, I think, you know, percentage of his films, let's say. But I'm going back to 1997's Boogie Nights. 
What a great film. What a great fucking film. A fucking amazing film. Dirk Diggler, baby. Dirk Diggler, our guy, Marky Mark, and and obviously Burt Reynolds, so the amazing porn director, Jack Horner, and so many, so many other characters. Um, and this is, you know, out in the valley is where we, yeah. is where we are for this film. Um, and it is, you know, you get a lot of stuff like in this great house. Um, which almost reminds me, I mean, there's a lot of, there's like the, uh, the other porn star house, let's say that we're talking about Lebowski. It's a lot like this as well, but it's, you know, it's a film that there's a lot internal. So let's, you don't get a lot of like different scenes of too many places, except for an amazing sort of opening scene, but it's a film that simply couldn't exist anywhere else, you know? And granted it's in porn, but it is so much about this uh dream of becoming a movie star you know mark Wahlberg is just he's, he's kind of just a good kid you know a little bit innocent and and he just wants to make it you know and then of course he he falls victim to the same thing that everybody falls victim to in la especially in the 80s you know um and there's this whole thing about uh the transition from from film uh into video which you know obviously is is affecting the 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 movie industry as a whole um and i think the last thing is that people kind of forget that in the the early 70s you know porn was one of the most legit ways to cut your teeth as an american filmmaker like there was a lot of people that considered it did it almost did it you know this idea of burt reynolds wanting to make like a legit film that just happens to be a porn is something that I think is it's cool to see, and then there's just there's so many characters in this that it's impossible to talk about all of them. But like, there's just so many like personalities that kind of remind you of different people or stories from LA, um, and it's just yeah, it's it's just a great fucking film. These are facts, my friend. This is what a great pick. What a great way to fucking finish us off. Such an LA centric movie. There's, we could go on forever about Boogie Nights. It is, it is just the best. I mean, also, I feel like we just, the last thing we have to say is, I can't remember if we actually said it on our movie What Ifs episode, but Leo could have been Dirk Diggler. Crazy. It was there. It was there Crazy. in the cards. That's Joaquin, wild. Joaquin also offered the role. Wow. I mean, Marky Mark absolutely nailed it, but great that we got Joaquin later in other PTA films. And I think, I think Leo is doing okay. Yes. I think he's, he's doing all right. He's, he's doing all right. right. He's okay. Shall we recap? Let's, let's do it. Go ahead. All right. So I, number five, I have, I love you, man. Number four, the fast and the furious. Number three, la la land. Number two, swingers. And number one, pulp fiction. Uh, I am number five, the big Lebowski. Number four, nightcrawler. Number three, starry eyes. Number two, heat. And number one, boogie nights. Absolutely amazing. And I'm going to roll us right in honorables. Yeah, and just let's start say rattling them off. Few that I need to rattle off. One that was literally my true number six, Mulholland Drive, the David yeah. Lynch masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, it's so fucking LA. I, can't, I almost can't believe I didn't include it, but it's okay. We're talking about it now. Die Hard. Nice. Okay. Although yeah. it only takes place at one building it's, in LA. Uh, yeah. There's just something so goddamn LA about it. If you live in LA or visit LA, anytime you see the tower, that's the tower. That's the tower. I'll do one more, then I'll hand it to you for now. 
Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. How can I not? I I mean, you take it away. Give us a few real quick. So there's, I mean, there's just so many like film noir type stuff. So like Double Indemnity, Mm -hmm. uh, Chinatown, LA Confidential. Both of those are great. And both of those are on my honorables as well. And just absolute staples. I mean, dude, as someone that lives in LA, those movies have a lot of LA proper in it. Yeah. Yeah. Collateral. Wow. What a great pick I hadn't thought of. I mean, it's other films that we've talked about. Miracle Mile, a uh, new watch for, for you is extremely L.A. Um, the Hidden is one I've talked about. Ed Wood I've talked about. Drive I've talked about. Boys in the Hood I've talked about. Speed. What do you think about Speed? Speed's on my honorables. It was going to be the next one LA. I said. All right. Give me a few more. I've so, yeah, Speed as well. Speed is one of my f- crazily – I've always liked it a lot, but in the last few years – I've randomly watched it like two or three, four times, and it is one of the better action movies I can think of. It's the shit. It's incredible. So yeah, Speed, definitely. Lethal Weapon, another LA crime film that's also a Christmas movie. Clueless, very LA movie. Let's see what else I got here. Magnolia. Yep. PTA. This is the end. I was just going to say Licorice Pizza as well is, is yet another. Yep. Another PTA. And I think the last two I'm going to drop are Pretty Woman and oh. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Okay. Sunset Boulevard. Yep. Uh, an absolute staple. A staple. Training Day. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. And God, there's so many. I guess the last one I'll throw out that was pretty close to my list was Sean Baker's film Starlet. I Ooh. really liked that one. Thought about okay. it. Okay. I've never seen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many for a variety of reasons. Like, we mm-hmm. could, I feel like we could do this list in a year and come up with five completely different films. Totally. And I actually have some movies listed that I've never seen that yeah. I know are very LA, but you know what? I'm not even going to list them because I can't, I can't properly talk about them. So I think we've done a great job. That's LA for you, people. There it is. If you want to ask me more shit about LA, you hit me up on the Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Thefts. And if you want to talk to Mike about his experiences in LA, you hit us up on the Twitter at Top Dives. And if you want to just hear more cool shit that we talk about, go to the Patreon and check it out. You get like a million free episodes for a buck a month or three bucks a month, whichever whichever level you want to go to. But it's really fun if you've never checked it out. And... um Yeah, we've got a lot coming. You know what I actually wanted to say earlier in the episode, but I did not get a chance, and I will say it now, better late than never, that one of our dear friends of the pod, who was just on a few episodes ago for favorite, you know, top five childhood bands, Caroline, Caroline Kowalczyk, she just launched her own podcast called The Unpurposeful Podcast. Our very own Real Topeka People has done the intro. Oh, my God. And it is epic um, and very different from ours. Perfect fit for what she's going for, which is, you know, Caroline is, if you've listened to that episode, she's a life coach. Um, The podcast is there to share, you know, different people's stories that maybe have not gone on a traditional path. 
and have followed, you know, maybe certain passions or not, you know, just isn't tied down to the classic nine to five type job schedule, you know, something I really relate to. And so I really love the pod she has at this point when this episode's dropping, she's going to have at least a couple episodes out, if not more, uh, because the first app dropped on March 29th, but it's really, really great. I highly recommend you check it out. Her handle is Partner in Purpose, if you'd like to find her. And uh, the podcast is called The Unpurposeful Podcast. And your very own, me, I don't know if the episode's going to be out when this episode airs, but I'm on one of the first episodes as the guest. If you've ever wanted to learn a little bit more about me and you know my life and its path and what I decided to sort of do as a career and everything, you should check it out. I had an absolute blast and, and, you know, we love Caroline on the pod here. So big ups to Caroline on starting the pod and, and yeah, other than that, it's been a great week. We cannot wait to see you next week. Top fives and deep dives, baby. The town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives. The town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives. The town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives. The town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives. The town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. I will see you then or I will see you in another time.